Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for August 30th, 2022. Rising interest rates, record high home prices, and a slowing economy have caused the housing market to cool following a boom in home sales. What impact has inflation had on housing? Are home prices overvalued? If a recession occurs, how could the value of homes be impacted? Nationwide's chief economist David Burson and senior economist Ben Ayers look closely at the recent data and share their outlook on the housing market. And now, here's Ben Ayers. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about the housing market. We've seen a big change in conditions over the past couple months. Obviously a strong sensitivity to interest rates. And with 30-year fixed mortgage rates now above 5.5%, we've seen a big decline in home sales. We've seen a pullback in home construction. And we're getting questions of, is the housing market in a recession? So David, I'll turn it over to you. And what are you seeing with the housing market right now? And are, is the housing market in a recession under current conditions? You know, Ben, the the big drop that we've seen in, in home sales, this is new sales, existing sales, single family starts, multifamily starts or something else. But so new home sales, existing home sales and new home sales, they've, they've gone down quite a lot from the, the peak a few months after the COVID recession ended. So while the level of sales is still not perhaps at where we have seen them, at least not at the bottom of recessions. The drop is enough to say that recessionary conditions. So, you know, I would say that if we're not quite in a housing recession, we're certainly on the cusp of it. And we're certainly not done with the declines at this point. Yeah, pretty poor numbers across the board. The big story we've been focusing on with housing for the past couple of years has been supply. And, you know, maybe with demand falling off because the the prices and the, and the mortgage rates have gone up so much, maybe we're starting to see a little bit more supply in the market. What are we seeing there, David, and particularly what's going on on the home construction side when it comes to single family construction? Well, housing starts, which is where obviously all the new homes come from, are also trending a bit lower. But here there's a big difference between single units, which are mostly for sale units, and multi-unit structures, which are mostly for rent. Although there are single-family homes that are built for rent, and there are multi-family buildings that are built to own, such as condominiums. But most of the multis are rented. Most of the singles are are owned. And we've seen a a modest fall off in single-family starts. They're still not bad. I mean, they're they're down from the from the start of the year and the end of last year. But multi-unit, you know, the, the multis up and down month to month, they tend to be highly volatile because it's a big project, it's a big building. They don't start those every month. So if you take out the volatility, multifamily starts are are relatively flat for the year. Again, up and down a little bit, but, but relatively flat as opposed to singles, which are down. So we know that there's strong demand for housing. Household formations are pretty solid and every household has to live somewhere. So they got they take up space. They have to move into a housing unit. They can own or they can rent. But because those new household formations are are pretty solid, we know there's a strong demand. So 
they have to build to meet that demand. And a lot of the new households tend to be younger, tend perhaps not to be their peak earning years. They rent first, not all, but many. So there's a, a pretty good demand for multifamily housing. And I think that the home builders are turning their attention to meeting that part of the market, which is the stronger part of the market, and the rise in mortgage rates, if you're a renter, doesn't directly have an impact on your uh, on your monthly payment. You know, inflation, which is pushing, you know, causing the Fed to tighten and pushing those mortgage rates higher, is having an impact on on rents, but it's more of an indirect thing. So at least on the new home side, inventories, the number of building of units that are being built, down on the singles, up on the multis. On the existing side, and this is important because more the, the bigger part of the housing market between new and existing is the existing part of the market. So existing home sales are always more than new home sales, just, just much bigger. So if we look at the number of homes for sale for existing single families, a lot of the existings are home sales are um, owner-occupied single family. You know, the number of homes for sale has gone up. You know, at, at the beginning of the year, record lows. We've never seen the number of homes for sale as low as they are, as they were at the beginning of the year. But they've gone up, and they're still low. Doesn't matter that there are more homes for sale, more homes in the market. There are still, relative to history, very few. You know, we're finally just over a million units for sale. But normally, we're at maybe two million for sale. So we're only half of where we should be in terms of the number of existing homes for sale. So things are getting better in terms of supply and demand, but they're not anywhere close to being normal. They're much more normal on the new side, still not anywhere close to being normal on the existing side. And that continues to put upward pressure on prices. But as home sales continue to decline, as they have been, as the number of existing homes for sale goes up, as they have been, as the number of new homes for sale goes up because builders are still building single family starts for sale. We're going to see supply and demand coming back more into equilibrium. And maybe if, you know, if things get really bad, we'll see uh, supply outstrip demand, but we're not close to that at this point. Uh, and what that suggests is that house price gains should slow and maybe slow meaningfully. It doesn't suggest that, at least not at this point, that house prices on a national average basis are going to go down. But it does suggest that the really strong double-digit gains that we've seen in recent years, up almost 20%, those are going to slow tremendously. So by the end of the year, we think house prices compared to a year ago, rather than being up 19% or 20% as they have been recently, are only going to be up about half of that, maybe around 9%, and then slowing still more next year. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, when you look at what's happened so far this year, yes, conditions have cooled very sharply, but most of it's been taking off what we might even call excess demand. We're getting back into a little bit more greater balance, and I still think that sets us up for pretty good housing market for the next couple of years. Now, David, you know, we've mentioned we think the housing market's in a recession and if not already close to it. You know, that brings to mind the housing market collapse where we saw you know, sizable declines. As you mentioned already, we don't see that happening. 
So what does this cycle look like? What do we see for the next couple of years and how much of a pullback do we expect to see for housing? Uh, if we say we do go into a recession in the economy next year, or even if we see pretty slow growth for a couple of years? Well, let, let me start by saying we do not think this looks like the 2008 to 2010 period. That was a very unusual period in, in the housing market, mostly because of over exuberance in the mortgage market with mortgage lenders pushing products that perhaps were were not the most appropriate for buyers, people getting into homes when with, with adjustable rate mortgages that gave negative amortization, which means that over time, the amount of the mortgage went up, not down, and because they could only qualify at the very low rates that these particular mortgage products offered. Those products aren't available anymore. To a large extent, they've been outlawed by, by Congress but they're not available for most of the market today. So people who are getting mortgages today are getting them because they can afford the house. And that's really what you want. You want more people to own housing, but you want people to buy homes that are affordable, that if there's a problem, they can still stay in the house. So if, if we have a recession, if housing demand goes down, it is likely to create more equilibrium with the relatively low supply, again, particularly on the existing home sales side. Now, you know, what is the, what's the reason that you get problems in the housing market, that house prices go down, that delinquencies and defaults go up? It's because people can't afford to make the payments anymore. Well, we already know that a, a big part of the problem that did exist in 2008 to 2010, the mortgage products aren't really a factor this time. Delinquencies and defaults are never zero, even outside of recessionary periods. Sometimes somebody dies, there's a divorce, and the household simply can't afford the house they were in before. Now, in normal periods of time, where house prices are going up, that household will sell the house, get their equity out, and there's not a default. Maybe a delinquency for all, but not a default. And that doesn't put significant downward pressure on prices, very unlike what we saw in that 2008 to 2010 period, when unemployment just surged and people couldn't afford the mortgages, even if they were still working. And so they simply defaulted on the loans. That is not likely to happen this time. Now, how much delinquencies and defaults go up, how much pressure, downward pressure that puts on prices will depend crucially if we get a recession on how bad a recession is, how high unemployment goes. You know, at this point, we're not seeing the sorts of imbalances that have caused really big downturns in the economy. So while we expect unemployment to go up and maybe there's a, a modest recession next year, we don't think unemployment is going to surge. Delinquency defaults will go up as unemployment goes up. But because house price gains have been so rapid, there's a lot of equity cushion. People will lose their jobs. Most of them should be able to sell homes and get their equity out rather than simply leaving the home, turning the key into the lender, and prices just plummeting. So yes, if we had a recession, home sales will go down more, home price gains will, will moderate still further, and perhaps in some parts of the country go down, at least modestly. But we don't see the sorts of significant double-digit price declines that we saw in that 2008 to 2010 period, because we don't think unemployment will go up as much, you don't have the bad mortgage products, and that will add a significant degree of stability to the housing market. 
Yeah, I think the fundamentals, when you look at both the demographic side and just what we still expect the job market to be pretty positive, you know, even if we do see a, some increases in unemployment, they're not going to be the big spikes. I think those those fundamentals for housing demand should remain strong. You know, final question here on the housing market for you, David. You know, there's a lot of conversation, particularly with the rapid price gains over the past two years or so about is the market overvalued? And, you know, as, as you said, we don't expect prices to really pull back, more just those gains to moderate. What's your view on whether the housing market's overvalued and what kind of income gains do we need to get over the next couple of years to kind of bring things back more in balance if it is? Well, certainly say that house price gains have been just out of bounds. Um, you know, you, you can't get double digit house price gains. Those income growth is, is that much and it's not. Um, you can't have house price gains that are greatly in excess of income unless mortgage rates just keep falling because ultimately everybody will spend all their income on housing and nothing on anything else. So, so we know that over the long run, house price gains can't go up much faster than the rate of income growth. Simply impossible to have that occur. Now, in recent years, house price gains have certainly been in excess of income growth. You know, are we going to continue to see that? Well, in the short run, perhaps, but ultimately, as the economy slows, unemployment goes up some, inflation ultimately comes down, we will see house price gains slowing to be much closer to what we see with income growth. You know, we're, we're not there now, or we're not close to that now. But if you look, for example, at uh, now, Repeat transaction house prices, the best measure of house values out there. And um, you compare that with personal income, you know, a broad measure of um, income that, that people get. We have, you know, clearly seen house price gains exceeding income growth, but they're getting closer to balance. And over a multi-year period of time, they do tend to go up similarly with house prices going up a little faster than income growth but whether that can continue that will depend on whether mortgage rates stay relatively low or or tend to go up mortgage rates move up higher over say the next five or ten years and maybe not even higher than they are now just where they are today and just stay here then uh, we're likely to see house price gains not exceeding income growth even by a little bit but if mortgage rates go down some uh, over the next few years, not not to the record lows that we saw during the COVID recession, but but maybe not quite as high as they are right now, then we could see house price gains outpace income growth by a modest amount over the next five years. All right. Well, thank you for all the comments today. I think that's all we have time for. And thank you, David, for joining us and giving us a good update on where the housing market sits. And be sure to check us out next time on Nationwide Market Insights Podcast. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. 
The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.